BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Hello, my angels. Welcome back to the Balance Bond Podcast, Soul on Fire. And thank you so much for all of the excitement and all the love and support around our announcement podcast episode a couple weeks ago with me and Jonathan called We're Having a Baby, very aptly named to what we're experiencing in our life right now. And we are just so excited to be sharing this news with you guys. So if you haven't listened to that episode, I would recommend going back and listening to that one first because it answers so many questions that you guys sent in and questions that I've been asked on Instagram and email and DM. It talks all about how we found out how long we had been trying, how Jonathan found out, how we told our friends and family, what all of our initial thoughts and reactions were. And it's just really emotional and really special. It's also really lighthearted and funny because Jonathan's in it and he always keeps things. He always keeps us on our toes. So that one was really, really good, really fun. And probably my favorite episode we've ever done on the podcast. Actually, definitely. I shouldn't say probably because that's a for sure. And I promised in that episode that my next episode would be a pregnancy Q&A solo with me where I can dive into the nitty gritty of the things that I started to bring up in the last episode and just realized this is for a solo. This is for just me to talk about. This is what I'm experiencing in my body and just answering all the spiritual questions and every question that I could think of that you guys sent in. So I did a little question box on my on my Instagram. And I also did one on email. And between the two, we have got thousands of incredible questions to choose from. So I'm going to dive into those. And then I'm also just going to say in the beginning here, just like I said in the last pregnancy episode, I know that pregnancy content is not for everyone. So if you're not interested in this episode, it will not hurt my feelings if you scroll on past. But I think, I mean, even before I was pregnant, I had so much fun listening to other people's stories. And it was really eye-opening for me and really expansive in my heart when I was wanting to start a family and I just wasn't 100% there yet with my health. So if you are trying to conceive and you're struggling, just know that anything you decide to do, listen to this episode, not listen to this episode, is going to be the right choice for you. And I hope that if you do listen, you can just use it as an expansive heart opener because if you are wanting this to be your experience soon, then I have no doubt that it will be. And that's my little disclaimer. That's my little spiel, my intro. So I'm so excited to get into this episode and answer your questions. The first thing I want to say is in the last episode about this, I talked about the two times, one in January and one in March, that I thought I was pregnant and had experiences of being pregnant was confirmed by my Chinese medicine doctor that I was pregnant and also by Western blood tests. But I had never seen a positive test at that point because the hormones just weren't there. And then I started my period on the day that I was supposed to, if not one day early, both of those times. So At that point, those were the only two times I had ever tried to get pregnant, and 
it was tr- it was a mind fuck to say the least. And you guys really, really helped me with this because I finally talked about it in the podcast, something I've been wanting to talk to you guys about forever. And so many of you messaged me and said, that's a chemical pregnancy. And that many, many of you have had some similar experiences. So I wanted to share some of my thoughts on that because I did get a lot of questions, tons of questions asking if how, how long we had been trying and if we had had a difficult trying process, if I had had any miscarriages. And first of all, I cannot stand the word miscarriage during this entire experience of 2021. I can barely bring myself to say that word out loud. I think it's just traumatizing. It's difficult. A lot of people have experienced it. And even though my pregnancies were considered chemical pregnancies and were very, very early pregnancy losses before I got pregnant in April, I my heart goes out because there's nothing harder than feeling pregnant, knowing that you're pregnant, going through the excitement of it, even when it's really early, and then having it not come to fruition. It just instantly, at least for me, instantly makes you feel like you're somehow behind because you plan everything in your mind. I planned everything in my mind in January to have this October Libra baby, which was such a dream and such a gift and a surprise because although we had been trying, I didn't anticipate getting pregnant on the first try. I thought you either get pregnant or you don't, and that that's what the process would be like. But for me, it was this chemical pregnancy that happened twice. And along with the chemical pregnancy, I had morning sickness. I had tender breasts. I had food aversions. I couldn't drink coffee. I had cravings. I had night sweats. I had like cravings in the middle of the night to eat salty cashews and um, so many other things. I had heightened anxiety. I had exhaustion. And to the point where I just felt especially the first time in January. I know myself so well. This is not how I feel on a daily basis. And obviously I'm pregnant. So when those two two pregnancies didn't work out, it was really, really tough. And Jonathan was such a rock for me because it was so much harder for me. It was my body. And I was the one, I would go so far to say as I was the only one other than my Chinese medicine doctor who knew that it was real. And since we had not seen a positive pregnancy test at that time, it could make you feel a little bit crazy because I just wanted to say to everyone, no, seriously, I, (laughs) I had this experience. And of course, We live in a world where people want proof and they want scientific evidence. And of course, but I didn't have any of that. I just had my own experience. So to share that in the episode a couple of weeks ago and just have so many of you say that you had a similar experience and tell me that I'm not alone and then I could go back and tell you that you're not alone was truly such a gift and... um, just a gift to know that we are in this human experience together. And so if you're struggling to conceive or you're having any of these issues, just know these are my thoughts about chemical pregnancies. And I know there's scientific medical reasons for chemical pregnancies that we can talk about at a later date. But the way that I feel about it is two different ways. One, I think that those of us who are extremely sensitive in our bodies and maybe those of us who are healing from chronic illness and sensitive enough to notice all the little shifts and changes in our bodies. I do think that the rise in hormones that is needed to become pregnant, so the rise in estrogen and progesterone, which both shoot way, way up while you're pregnant, as well as pregnenolone, and I'm sure many other hormones on top of those, the rise that's required is pretty massive. And if your body has never done that before, before, which most of ours, if we're trying to get pregnant for the first time, I mean, have not for sure, then I think it's a lot for the body to get used to. And I have many friends who have gotten pregnant on the first try and their bodies were ready for it. They were primed for it. We literally evolved to be able to do this, but we live in a world that is riddled with toxicity and chemicals and environmental pollutants and so many other things. And so for that reason, it can be a little bit harder, I think, for our bodies to catch up to 
this evolutionary process that is truly our birthright to conceive if we choose to. And so I think that because our bodies are so sensitive, many of us, it just takes the body a couple times to get used to it. And this was really, really, really comforting to me when I had the chemical pregnancy in January that my medium, Marianne, told me, your body's just getting used to it. You're sensitive and it's not super, super shocking that your body is is getting used to this process almost like on a spiritual level, my body was like, I have to see how this feels and then I'll commit to whether I'll carry this, I'll, I'll do this right now or not. And clearly it wasn't the right time. I learned so many lessons. I mean, if you scroll back in my Instagram posts and my blog posts, you'll probably be able to tell what I was going through now that you know. Because although I kept it to myself, aside from my close friends and family, I was going through a massive process of surrendering and surrendering some more and opening up deeper and being prepared for this baby to come through. And what I realized as well is that the lessons that my spirit baby wanted me to know before they came through to have me as their mother and have Jonathan as their father, they needed me to learn this stuff. Like I let go of so many things. I let go of so many people-pleasing tendencies, so many approaches to life that were no longer serving me. I had so much anxiety earlier this year, just freaking out, trying very, very much to please everyone humanly possible. And we all know that's just an impossible thing to do. And then I started to do that for myself. I started to give back to myself and let go of the fear of maybe someone not liking me and maybe being okay with certain ties shifting or things shifting in my life. And I had to do that for many, many months. And then as I was doing that, I was going through this process of trying to conceive. And then my second thing is this actually came from my friend, Jessie Golden, who's been on the podcast. You guys should follow her on Instagram. She's amazing. Jessie posted something at the most miraculous time right when I needed it on her Instagram story where she said, sometimes a pregnancy loss is just the soul, the baby soul coming in and leaving a soul imprint so that the soul who's really coming through already has had an imprint left for them because these babies that are coming through are such light workers. They have such huge missions on the planet. I really truly believe this. And I know this. I mean, think about it. Who on a soul level, would come to earth at this time if they did not have huge work to do and if they weren't prepared to bring so much light and so much love to our planet. And I loved that concept of the soul imprint, and it brought me so much peace because in January, I was mourning that soul who I thought was my baby, and I knew the gender and everything on an energetic level because of my Chinese medicine doctor. So it was very, very hard to accept that that baby was not coming. But then I realized if that baby was leaving a soul imprint for my child to come, then I'm thankful. And that must mean that all of these souls are these wise spirit guides who know so much more than we do, who are so beyond wise, beyond what we can even begin to comprehend. And that brought me a lot of peace. So I just wanted to open the episode by talking about that and telling you my theories on these chemical pregnancies or early pregnancy losses. And also thank you guys for sharing your stories with me. I will never, ever, ever get tired of hearing your stories. Everything from those of you who have reached out saying that me getting pregnant has been inspiring to you because you've been having a hard time to those of you who are also pregnant at this time. Some of us even have the same due date or the same week (laughs) that we're due. And it's amazing to me. It's amazing because I've been sharing my life on my blog for almost 10 years. And inevitably, there have been many, many, many phases. And this phase is by far my favorite phase yet. It's a whole new path and there's just so much newness to dive into. I just love, I've always loved seeing how we as a community have evolved together. 
And that doesn't mean that everybody here is ready to be a parent by no means at all. We have plenty of people here from all ages and all walks of life, but we are always evolving together. So I hope that the content that I share around this can inspire you and at least bring a smile to your face no matter what. That's all. That's what my main goal is, is to bring light into your life and light into your day. So let's head into the actual Q&A. I will say your Instagram names if the if it came in through Instagram. So Eleni, one of my best friends since kindergarten, says, can we just talk about your baby being born in 2021? Such a 201. It is such a 201. And I've thought about that. And the funny thing is being due on Christmas 2021 means that this baby could very well come in 2022. It's that wild time of year where anything could happen and it could be this year it could be next year and I can't wait to see I have a feeling I just have a feeling in my gut that the baby's gonna come early and I do think it's gonna be such a 201 because if you think about it it's December which is a 12 month and then it's 2021 so it could be many 201s in there and I'm so excited about that Lauren Ginger says, will you find out the sex? And yes, we know the sex. So we will do a whole gender reveal on Instagram when we're ready and probably on the podcast too. But we found out the gender very early. I did like the earliest DNA test that you could possibly do at eight weeks. And I'm sure a lot of people are out there thinking that's too early, but the DNA results matched up with the official results that we got at 12 and a half weeks. And I also knew in my heart the entire time what the gender of the baby was, and we are definitely taking guesses. So tell me on my latest Instagram, if you think it's a boy or a girl, I love to hear your guesses. And we actually had the results sent to my parents first. So my parents were able to surprise us and they did it in the most creative, clever way ever. So I will tell you guys all about it. It was actually a scavenger hunt and I hadn't done a scavenger hunt since I was a kid. So (laughs) I was giddy and everybody who we've showed the videos to has just loved, loved the fact that I am literally giddy. I'm jumping up and down, squealing. We have balloons. There's all sorts of things that just make it super magical. And the cool thing was I've been so connected to this spirit for so many years. And um, I think a lot of you know that I have connected with my spirit babies. I think there are three of them. Well, I know that there are three of them. (laughs) And I've been connecting with them for years. And one way that I knew the gender was I just knew, I just knew the energy of this baby so well. So once we got that confirmed, everything felt right. And I actually had a lot less anxiety or fear or anything after that because I felt like this is my baby. This is the baby that I've always known was coming through first. And (laughs) I can't wait to share the gender with you guys, but it's very, very special. Helen from A Step Full of You says, any wishes for zodiac sign or human design that you want your little baby to be? And yes, so I, so everybody has asked me, have you tried to plan the zodiac sign or the astrology of your baby? And a few months ago, six months ago, I would have said to you, yes, yes, I will have that in mind as we try. But I quickly realized as we started trying and as I was not pregnant in January, like I thought I was with a Libra baby, and I was very attached. Once I thought I was having a Libra, I was so attached. I just thought this is perfect. I'm a Libra. I'm supposed to be having a Libra first. This is, this is, I, how could I ever get this lucky? Then I realized, because it was extra hard for me to let that go once it was a chemical pregnancy, because I thought, this is so sad now. I'm not having a Libra. And I had to kind of mourn the loss of everything that I imagined about this baby. And then the next month, we tried again, and it was another chemical pregnancy. And then I just realized, oh my God, any baby whatsoever is such a blessing. 
and I, I can't control what the zodiac sign is going to be. And then I also started to research deeper into every sign because I started talking to some friends about this and saying there are some signs that I don't get along with as much or there's some signs that I just don't know as many people who are that sign. And this very wise astrologer in my life said, I will help you see the beauty in every sign. So I started to research the signs that I didn't know as much about. And of course, Capricorn happened to be one of those signs because I don't personally have a ton of Capricorns in my life. But after learning that I'm having a Capricorn baby, I realized I actually do have a lot more Capricorns in my life than I thought I did. And I started to learn all of the beautiful traits of Capricorn. And I learned that earth signs, which is the opposite pretty much of an air sign, which is what I am, earth signs have so much beauty that balances out the air in my chart and the fire in Jonathan's chart. Jonathan's a Leo to the point where I realized this was so orchestrated and I was getting the message. I was getting the intuitive download way back in January and February that the more that I tried to control when the baby was born the less likely the baby was going to come. And I had to surrender. When I talk about the art of surrender and the different ways that I changed during this conception process and the things that I learned to let go of, I learned to let go of control to a level that I didn't even think was possible for me. And then I would communicate with this baby spirit And I realized at that point, and you guys can believe me or not believe me, but back in February, the baby said to me, I want to be a Capricorn or I am a Capricorn basically. So I always kind of had it in my head that maybe I would get pregnant in April or May and I would have a Capricorn and the beautiful thing, or sorry, March, March or April and have a Capricorn. And that happened. So I think that these things are written in the stars and I'm so excited as well to see the baby's moon sign and rising sign and all of their entire chart and then their human design as well. And the thing about human design is because I'm so into it, I started just looking up some hypothetical times and dates that the baby might be born to see what their human design might be because of course it's all already written in the stars and the planets and I noticed that many 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 dates around the baby's due date would make the baby a manifesting generator and the numbers and the details of manifesting generator shift but it seems like the entire week that the baby might be born, they might be a manifesting generator. So I asked Jenna, one of my best friends, incredible human design chart reader, who's been on this podcast many times, if that was possible. And she said, yes, occasionally, I forget the way she described it, but occasionally things happen planetarily where like an entire week or two could result in a bunch of manifesting generators or a bunch of generators, et cetera. So who knows? Because I still don't know if this baby will be early or late or if it'll just be like a fluke time where they're not a manifesting generator, but it seems like they might be. And that would be pretty awesome for my reflectorness. And Jonathan is a generator. I think a manifesting generator would be awesome, but I'm so open to whatever whatever the baby wants to be because I truly believe that they will choose. Okay, let's see here. Oh, this is a good one. Mermaid Elizabeth said, did you have any dreams and spirit connection with your baby before they came? And the answer is yes. I had so many dreams preparing me for this conception and this um, process of getting pregnant. And probably one of the best dreams that I had was after March, after the second chemical pregnancy, I had a dream where my friends, Britt and Tara, Kundalini teachers from Elevate the Globe, they were in the dream and they walked up to me, they were holding hands and they said, one, two, three. And then they said the name of one of my future children. I won't say what the name is because it's a secret for now. And then they walked away and uh, it was amazing. I texted Britt in the morning and I said, you and Tara were in my dream. This happened. 
I think it just means that I'm going to have three kids and that the one whose name you said is going to be the third kid. And it just feels so meant to be and so destined that I had this dream. And she said, oh my God, I think it means third time's a charm. That the third time that you try, you will get pregnant. And that dream happened in like mid-March, mid to late March. I could actually probably go back in my text messages with her and see exactly when it happened. And then we conceived on April 2nd. So, oh my God, I think the dream was just a couple days before that. That was such an amazing dream. And then Jonathan had a dream about the gender before we found out the gender. And he said, without a doubt, it's a, and then what he said was accurate. Um, and then I've been dreaming about the baby so much. I had dreams for months about different babies. I don't know if it's like the actual soul coming through, but different babies who would be in our house and I would be completely responsible for taking care of them. But I was trying to figure out in the dream if they were my baby. And every single time it would be a stressful dream where I was looking at my phone and like having so much work to do and so much responsibility on technology. And then also like the extreme responsibility of raising a baby. So I woke up from one of those dreams one time and journaled about it and realized that the message was loud and clear. This is before I was pregnant. And the message was the baby spirit was trying to speak to me and trying to share with me that this addiction to my phone and this addiction to my work and to being on and available all the time was going to have to stop in order for this baby to come through. They were just super clear. Like this is not the life that I want to come through to with a mother who's always on her phone. And it was also just like my subconscious preparing me to change and to shift into a new stage of life, which is so much more about family and so much more about slowing down than it is about this like Instagram land that I have been very, very, very deep into for basically a decade. So that was cool because that was a big message I felt from the baby about something tangible that I could do in order for the baby to come through. So people have been asking me, how can I manifest a baby? And I think one of my main answers, and I do want to go deeper into this soon, maybe do a whole episode on it, but one of my main answers would be listen to the messages that come through in your dreams and in conversations and in your meditations and in your mind because the messages are loud and clear. And once I heard that one, I was not going to turn a blind eye to it. I was completely enamored by the fact that my baby was telling me through a dream to get the fuck off my phone. So I, I did that. And it's so wild, you guys, because the day that we conceived, I've talked about this, but it was the day that I was completely off of my phone. And I never looked at my phone once, didn't even turn it on. My mom was so worried. So if you're going to do that, tell your parents or whoever you talk to every day that your phone's going to be off. I didn't do that because it was very spontaneous, but I never turned my phone on, not even once that day. And I think it's so playful and so fun that this baby <laughs> came through on that day. Cause I, I, again, I take it as such a message from the baby that that's the kind of life they're looking for. So yes, I'm still going to be on social media and I'm still going to be a blogger, however that's going to look, but I definitely have to reevaluate the relationship that I have with my phone. So yeah, those were some dreams and those were some spirit baby communications Let's see here. Everybody is asking, do I have morning sickness? And the answer is yes. So the first few weeks of the pregnancy, I was thinking this is going to be such a breeze for me. I have already had Lyme. I've already been at the bottom of the barrel with my health. I don't think pregnancy is going to be as hard for me as a lot of people say that it is. And then once I got into week six, I started to feel what really happens in your body. And oh my goodness, like to me, it felt like this perpetual acid swirling around in my stomach and my chest all the time. And it's that 
really interesting feeling that I had heard other pregnant women talk about where they would say, you have to kind of always be eating to keep the nausea away, but also you can't eat too much. So just kind of be snacking all the time on salty things, on crackers. And keep in mind, I have been salt oil sugar-free for three and a half years. So all of a sudden to be craving all these salty things, I was totally surprised. And it's true. I was craving all the salty things. I was craving pickles by week six. And I was cracking up because I felt like that was such a stereotypical pregnancy thing. But now I know why it's true. When you're nauseous and your stomach is swirling, it's actually very comforting. And pickles were, to me, were sounding really good. Some of the other things I was eating were siete tortillas with vegan cheese. I was eating like rice and curries, like um, coconut curries at night for dinner when I had an appetite. And then mostly I just lived on apples and peanut butter, lived on it. And if I was lucky, I could also have some bananas and some dates with my peanut butter or almond butter. I was switching up the nut butters, but it was so funny. I was immediately laughing, thinking that my celestial diet was launching right around this time. And all of a sudden, which in the celestial diet, it's all about food combining and how much food combining has has saved me. All of a sudden, I couldn't food combine. I was just mixing fruit with nut butters and oatmeal with fruit and nut butter, all this stuff. And when you're pregnant, anything you can eat, anything you can eat, you got to do it. And especially if it's like healthy and nutritious. And then I definitely had a lot of cravings that were totally random and totally surprising. And then I would eat it. We talked about this in the episode with Jonathan. I would like eat it like a veggie burger or a vegan pizza. And then I would be disgusted by that food. And I still can't look at some of these foods I had this vegan nut burger in Sacramento at this place that's so delicious in Sacramento called the Sunflower Drive-In. And I have not been able to look at a veggie burger ever since because I, oh, I had that in my sixth week of pregnancy and it was just something I'm not going to be going back to anytime soon. I've also had tons of green juice. I had green juice every day and I still do because for a while there, I couldn't really eat any vegetables. And I also couldn't really drink smoothies, which is funny because smoothies are typically my favorite food. Um, So I would say a tip like sneak in some vegetables to smoothies, to juices, but I wasn't really able to have smoothies. So I was doing a lot of green juice with apple, celery, kale, lemon, ginger, parsley, cucumber. And um, that's the way I was getting my veggies in for a while. And otherwise I was just eating very plain, plain food, rice, oatmeal. Oh my God. Vegan gluten-free bagels. And I was posting about those on my Instagram and literally a couple of you guys said to me, are you pregnant? Because you never eat bagels. You never post bagels. And you guys were totally right. So that one was hilarious. And now that I'm in my second trimester, I'm actually able to eat a lot healthier again. And it feels really good to eat the foods that have always made me feel good like veggies, smoothies, green juices. Oh, acai bowls. I will be surprised if this baby doesn't come out looking like an acai bowl because that's what I've been eating every day with vegan granola. It is so delicious, so good. Decaf coffee and yeah, green juice. I'm back to my veggies. I've been making all my SOS-free recipes like the TBB mac and cheese, TBB nacho cheese sauce, and basically eating that with everything, French fries. Around week 12, I was able to eat kale salads again, and those have been saving me. So I massage kale with lemon, avocado, coconut aminos, nutritional yeast, and sometimes like a little bit of Primal Kitchen Ranch and Vegan Ranch. It is so good. So that's how I'm getting the veggies in. A lot of people are asking, was it planned or was it a surprise? And it was totally planned, totally planned. We go deeper into this in that episode with Jonathan, but somehow it's still a surprise. It's still a surprise. And even though we had those two chemical pregnancies, I feel so lucky and so blessed. And it's not lost on me that we were able to get pregnant on the third try. And just within a couple months of starting to try, 
And for that reason, it was still totally a surprise, but you can see the video of me finding out. I posted it on my Instagram and on my TikTok. And I think you'll, you can see, I was shaking, I was crying. It was such a surprise, even though it was obviously what we were hoping for. Let's see here. Am I taking prenatal vitamins? Yes. I'm taking a prenatal vitamin from my Chinese medicine doctor. That's actually a pack of vitamins. So there's so much stuff in there. There's choline, folate, B12, like everything imaginable. And I'll find the brand and I'll post it on Instagram, but I'm taking that. And then I'm taking all of my regular supplements from my Chinese medicine doctor and supplementing it up like stuff that I would be taking from my body anyway, that is safe for pregnancy. And then a lot of stuff I had to cut out that's not safe for pregnancy, like my beloved adaptogens, my beloved CBD, sauna, mushrooms, none of that, none of that while I'm pregnant. Oh, I'm also taking Mary Ruth's Organics Liquid Prenatal. I'm also taking her prenatal probiotic and then a nighttime liquid multi-mineral that tastes like pineapple that's just full of so many extra vitamins and nutrients. You can use the code BLONDE20 with Mary Ruth's Organics to get a nice discount. And she has been such a lovely personal guide to me. I had her on the podcast when I was like five weeks pregnant. And it was such a gift to be able to talk to someone who has had a similar health journey, who she has four kids under four. So I was like just asking her for so much information. And she's so inspiring to me and so motivating and such a guide so I love her. Mary Ruth is amazing. And she also helped me a lot because when I was really early on in my pregnancy, I was not comfortable getting on a plane. And this was just an intuitive choice. This was something that I felt like I couldn't do. My body was screaming at me loud and clear to stay grounded, to stay on the earth and don't get in a plane and don't fly anywhere. So I didn't fly anywhere for my first trimester. And I actually haven't flown anywhere since January. So I asked Mary Ruth about this to get her opinion because, you know, there's so many opinions about this. And she said, yeah, absolutely. I wouldn't fly in my first trimester. If I were you, I totally understand it can put a lot of pressure on the uterus. It can be taxing. Like you want to save your adrenals and save all of your rest and your energy for growing this baby. And I totally understand why you wouldn't want to. That was really helpful. And then I got a ton of like second and third opinions. And basically because of my adrenals and because of my health before I got pregnant, it was just a good choice for me. Obviously, I have so many friends who are traveling all over before even realizing they're pregnant sometimes in the first trimester. And it's different for every person. But after the chemical pregnancy that I had in January, I was told not to get on a plane. And then I did. So as you can imagine, I wasn't going to make that same choice again. Okay, so many more questions before we get into those. Just want to thank our sponsor for today's episode real quick, Cured Nutrition. Cured Nutrition is my favorite CBD company to the point where they are the only CBD that I use and that I trust. I absolutely love the founder, Joseph Sheehy. He's such an amazing person. He's been on the show. You can listen to his story in an earlier episode, and you can use the code BLONDE, B-L-O-N-D-E, for a great discount off of all things Cured Nutrition. And you should know, because everybody always asks me, CBD does not get you high. They are nature-based supplements. They also use adaptogens and nootropics in some of their supplements. So they really help you stay alert, stay calm. They can help you sleep. They help reduce inflammation and they just bring so much healing in so many ways. So on their website, you can shop by Perform, Balance, Recover, CBD, Pets, Bundles, etc. And 
Some of my favorite products are their Cured Rise Supplement, their Cured Aura, and their Mint Tincture. And since I can't use any of that right now while I'm pregnant, because I'm not doing CBD while I'm pregnant, what I do use is the CBD Pain Salve, which I use on my hands and my back, and I've never needed more than I do now. And I also give pet CBD to Hudson. So you can go to curednutrition.com, use the code BLONDE, and enjoy. Tag me on your Instagram when you try. They are amazing. And with that, let's get back into your questions. Okay. So pregnancy and skin. Everybody is asking, this one is from Kalina K. Acne. I'm in the first trimester and dealing with it. I'm feeling down, but trying to be positive. So I had pretty good skin actually throughout my first trimester. Actually, very good skin, better skin than I had before I was pregnant, which was that pregnancy glow that I think a lot of people talk about. I was just experiencing clear Um, skin, no acne, stronger hair, stronger nails, which also my skin has been helped so much from the prenatal vitamin because the prenatal is just full of so many things that help our skin and our hair and our nails thrive. And I guess I was probably deficient in some of those things before I started taking it. But now that I'm in my second trimester, I am getting a little bit of acne. I'm getting some little cystic bumps on my chin. And then I had one on my cheek this morning. So the way I'm taking care of it is just being super gentle on my skin. I use Cocoa Kind products. I actually did a chlorophyll Cocoa Kind mask in the bath earlier just for some light exfoliation. I have also been getting some lymphatic drainage facials, which have been so healing during this time. So I would just recommend just really, really put yourself first during this time. Do all the self-care, relax. Sometimes acne comes from stress. Also, it's of course coming from the hormones. But if you're eating a nutritious diet and you're getting your greens in, I think one of the reasons that my skin has remained so glowy during the pregnancy is because I'm having a daily huge green juice and that just helps the skin, the hair and the nails so much, which is that natural boost of chlorophyll. And especially if you're not feeling well and you're not like able to get all the veggies in the way that I wasn't able to in the beginning, I would recommend adding that in. And also the celestial diet, the celestial diet is very good for skin. So I totally understand skin problems and knocking on wood that my acne doesn't get worse in the second trimester, but so far, so good. And just be easy on yourself. Your body is growing life. You're growing a baby. And of course, there's going to be a lot of things that happen there in your body. Okay, let's see here. Katerina Lee says, what's one thing you've learned from pregnancy so far? Wow. One thing I've learned from pregnancy, I'll try to make it a new thing other than the surrendering control, releasing control, knowing that anything that happens with this baby and about this baby is like fully not in my control, which was really, really hard for me. I didn't even think I was that big of a control freak, but apparently I am when it comes to something so important in life. I'm going to try to think of something else that I've learned I mean, honestly, I've just learned that our bodies are so miraculous. I still can't believe that within our womb, we can grow life. That is huge to me. Like a baby just starts from this tiny, tiny little, tiny little poppy seed and then starts to grow and has a heartbeat. And now in the second trimester, the baby has vocal cords and fingerprints and has like a distinct looking face already. It's so miraculous to me. And that is the power of the human body, specifically the power of the female body. It's so beautiful. So what I've learned is to just appreciate my body on a whole new level. I mean, I already had a lot of self-love because after going through what I went through with Lyme disease and just knowing how freaking strong I am and how freaking strong we all are, I didn't think that the self-love could go any deeper, but now it has. And I just literally like hold my body and speak to my body and just say, you are so strong. You're so wise. You're so powerful. You are a beautiful home for a baby. 
And we got this. We're doing this. This is huge. So that's been a big learning experience. I've also learned a lot about hormones and like why certain things happen in the body from emotions to physical pain. And I also realized I'm very passionate about birth and I have a doula. She's amazing. And I've been learning a lot from her and thinking, wow, this is actually a process that I, this could be the next evolution for me, not to be a doula, not really to be working in the birth space, but I'm very passionate about this. And maybe it just means helping my friends and family stay positive as they're on their conception journey. I'm getting chills. Maybe this is part of the journey. And also for you guys, um, I just deeply feel like this is something that I'm supposed to be talking about and sharing about, even though I'm just learning as I go, which is how I always share everything. So that's something that I learned. Oh yeah. Her wanderlust soul says, are you drinking coffee? Yes. So I cut coffee out for the first trimester completely. I didn't have any coffee at all. My acupuncturist recommended to me that I really truly just drink water because at first I was replacing the coffee with dandelion tea. And then she said, no, I wouldn't have any herbs. So I cut that out pretty quickly and didn't have a sip of coffee for the entire first trimester. And it was hard because you guys know I love coffee, but it wasn't that hard because it was for such a greater purpose. And even though there's so many studies that say it's completely safe to have anywhere from 200 to 400 milligrams of coffee daily while you're pregnant. And now recent studies are even showing up to 800 milligrams, but that sounds like a lot. I would never have that much coffee in a day. Anyway, I think my heart would explode out of my chest. I just didn't want to do anything that was even remotely considered a risk, which is why I didn't have coffee and I didn't get on an airplane. And there's many other things that I didn't do that I probably could have done, but I just... I think our bodies speak to us. And then I've had other friends who said they continued drinking coffee through their entire first trimester, entire pregnancy, and their body spoke to them and said that it was completely fine. So I know that our bodies are infinitely wise, and there's probably a reason why my body was saying no coffee for the first trimester. Then around week 10, I started having decaf coffee and now I'm back to a mix of decaf and regular and I realized I don't even need caffeine. (laughs) Like I don't really miss caffeine that much. I don't miss the way caffeine makes me feel, but I love the morning ritual of coffee. So I'm mostly having decaf and then half calf and that is more than enough for me. But yeah, the first coffee that I had again was when we were on vacation in Laguna and It was so, so special to have that oat milk frothy latte and also just know that everything was healthy with the baby and this was like a new stage of the pregnancy. And that was just a joy for me. Let's see here. Fearlessly Sassy says, will you raise the baby plant-based vegan? And yes, that's the plan. Of course, we're open to anything down the line. And I've learned not to speak in absolutes by any means, but yeah, we hope to raise the baby plant-based. I have a lot of really good resources and friends and people who raise their kids plant-based who are willing to teach me all the ways. My friend, Kimberly Snyder, who many of you probably know, she was on this podcast and she's also a very successful author and blogger and food entrepreneur. She's amazing. Her two kids are plant-based vegan. They're totally healthy. They're beautiful kids. And I think it's a huge misconception and myth that veganism is not safe for kids. But you know what? We also want our kids to start to make their own decisions at some point in their life. So we will eat plant-based in our house. We'll teach them why we eat plant-based. They will get all the nutrients they need. That's for sure. And we'll also be speaking to doctors and healers and all sorts of people about this. So I share this because I trust you guys. This is a safe space and I cannot wait to have my little celestial baby. I already know that this baby loves fruit and vegetables and green juice because that is what I have had every day in my pregnancy and that's what I've been craving. So that's the plan, but we shall see. Okay, 
big question was what did I do to improve my fertility? So honestly, I think just the way that I live my life is very friendly to fertility. So I haven't had alcohol in three and a half years. I eat a super healthy plant-based diet. I meditate. I think positive. I tell myself that I'm healthy every day and all those things definitely help. And then to boost fertility, I started eating some more healthy fats. So after the whole debacle in January, I started to just think about my diet more in terms of fertility because then I really had time to plan. So I incorporated more avocado, more nut butters, more healthy coconut yogurts. And I was just intuitively feeling like the healthy fats would be really supportive to fertility. And for me, they were. I also was taking a lot of supplements that were helping my body function optimally from my liver to my gallbladder, to my heart, to my stomach, everything. And I think that that definitely helped a lot, which is why I saw so much healing in my body from January onward. And I think the biggest, biggest thing that I did was I started telling myself every day that I was free from Lyme disease and that Lyme disease was no longer my issue and that I don't have Lyme and I'm free from Lyme and my body's healthy. And I had a whole practice of doing that and connecting with my spirit baby every day and meditating. And that was all extremely helpful. And then something that really helped me with fertility that was not dietary was I started taking progesterone. One of my doctors noticed that my progesterone was a little bit low and she said, maybe this could potentially be why you had the chemical pregnancies earlier in the year. So let's put you on some progesterone. So I started taking progesterone on the last half of my cycle in March and early April. And that's when we conceived. So I have to say, I think there's something to the whole progesterone thing, or at least there was for me. And then I continued taking progesterone for a while in the beginning of the pregnancy, just to make sure that the levels were reaching where they were supposed to. Everybody is asking, do we have a birth plan yet? And we do. I'm definitely exploring some options, so I don't think I'm ready to talk about the birth plan, but I think as many of you know, I had a fibroid removal on my uterus a few years ago, and after I had that, I was told that it would be safer for me to have a hospital birth, and that's something that I've been preparing myself for for many years, so I'm definitely exploring my options with my doula and a midwife, but I also have an amazing OB who did that surgery a few years ago who's really familiar with my body. And because of the surgery and some other things, I'm considered high risk, high-ish risk. And so I'm not one of those low-risk goddesses that can just kind of, you know, birth from home and do that whole thing. But We'll see because I'm not ruling anything out and I'm open. I actually believe that the baby will continue to show me what they want. So I'm listening to that. Kelly Frankel says, what's your diet like during this time? So my diet is pretty much exactly what it was before I got pregnant, which is plant-based and mostly SOS free, but I've definitely been having a lot more salt and I've been eating out more just because I haven't had a ton of energy to be cooking at home and indulging in those cravings. So I've just had a wide variety of plant-based foods, something that I'm definitely very, very passionate about talking about is plant-based pregnancy. There's so many opinions about pregnancy and the way that you should eat, which to me is always kind of laughable because all of our bodies are so different. But protein is definitely important, especially in your second trimester. So I have been upping the plant-based protein powders, the tempeh, the tofu, legumes, nuts and seeds, all that good stuff, and supplementing a lot to make sure that baby has everything they need. And I'm working with a nutritionist and making sure all the nutrients are where they're supposed to be, which they are. 
And I've loved, loved this plant-based pregnancy. And if my body was craving other foods, I would have them. So I will keep you guys posted on all of that. The thing is, I've always loved eating plant-based. So people always say to me, but what what about your craving like non-plant-based food? And I don't ever really crave non-plant-based food. So that's just kind of me. And we'll see. Maybe it's the baby too. Emma Nuri says, how did you prepare? Did you track your cycles? How long did you try for? So I prepared by, I did more of a mental preparation. I mean, luckily, like I was saying, I don't drink alcohol. Jonathan has been ready to be a dad since before we met. And I have wanted to be a mom my entire life. So just to really get into that mental headspace of, are we really ready okay, we are. We've done a lot of the things that were our goals, things that we wanted to do before we had kids. And we're definitely planning on doing a lot with our kids. I've never been one of those people who feels that once you have kids, your life has to stop. You aren't going to go on adventures. I have so many people who have expanded my mind in this way. We want to travel with our kids. We want to bring them to Bali, show them all the things that me and Jonathan love, all the places where we have fallen in love. So it was really just a mental preparation and then getting on the progesterone, getting all my hormones tested. I tracked my cycles very, very rigorously. I had ovulation sticks from Clear Blue and they tell you when you are ovulating. And then when you're the most fertile, which I believe is like the day of and the day after ovulation. And then you're also really fertile the days leading up to ovulation. So what's really interesting is there's really only like a very small window of when you can really try. So I had it all typed out in my phone. And there was even a time, I think it was in March where Jonathan had a work trip planned. And I was like, no, you need to shift your days by like two days so that we can make sure that we're going to be able to try during that window. So I would definitely recommend doing that because if it weren't for tracking ovulation, I wouldn't have known. And then we wouldn't have probably ended up trying on that most fertile day. So that was incredible and totally meant to be. Someone says, before you were pregnant, did you struggle when other people around you were pregnant? And the answer for me is no. I mean, I feel lucky that we only tried for a couple of months before we got pregnant. So I'm sure if this had been a process that was taking a year or longer, I would have started to feel envious of the people around me who were pregnant. But I always try to remind myself, and maybe this will be helpful for you too, that just because somebody else has what we want doesn't mean that there's any less of it to go around for us. And I always remind myself of that. Just because someone else is pregnant doesn't mean that you can't get pregnant or that it's taking the chances away in the universe for you to get pregnant. So I really like to look at it that way and remind myself and tell myself that these people are so expansive. Look at their beautiful, fertile, healthy bodies and take that in. That's what I was doing. The only thing that was hard for me was when I had a chemical pregnancy And I knew my due date, what my due date would have been. And then I knew other people who literally had that due date. That was a tough pill to swallow. That was a really tough pill to swallow. And don't be hard on yourself at all if you feel that way. It's really sad. And it's really something that I I feel if you want to have a baby and get pregnant, It should be our birthright to have a baby and get pregnant. But unfortunately, because of the world that we live in, that's just not always the case, especially right away. So I have so much compassion for anybody who feels that way, but I would recommend, and I promise this will make your life so much easier and happier to just kind of feel really expanded by those people who are pregnant around you. I know in the year leading up to us getting pregnant, I had so many friends who were pregnant who were such goddesses in their pregnancy. My friend Lacey Phillips being one of them, she embodied being pregnant just so beautifully. She And she had a struggle to conceive, which she's very, very open about. 
So to be present for her baby blessing and spend time with her while she was pregnant, it really opened me up and opened my heart and my mind. And for most of her pregnancy, we weren't even trying to conceive yet, but I was so aware that having her in my life, as well as a handful of other pregnant friends that I was being I was being expanded in my heart and my soul and I was being shown all these different ways of being pregnant and all these different birth plans and these alternative ways of being that really resonate with me. And so it was very, very helpful for me to see that. So I would say if you do have pregnant people around you when you're trying to conceive, soak it in. It's such a gift. It's, it's the energy that you want to start cultivating and calling in. And that would just be my opinion. Alex Forte, who I believe we have the same due date, says, do you feel like a baby's soul enters their body during the birth portal? So in Kundalini, they say that the soul enters the body on the 100th day of pregnancy, which I've been dying to look up my 100th day of pregnancy. And I just looked it up just now. And it looks like July 11th would be my 100th day, but that would be a hundred days after conception. So let's see here. Um, a hundred day. Ooh, oh my God. Or June 28th, which is coming up. I, w- I wonder if they count that from the day of conception or the day of the last missed period. I'm just going to go with July 11th. That feels very accurate. It's two days after my mom's birthday. It's a very special day for me. And yeah, they do these ceremonies in Kundalini for the 100th day of pregnancy when the soul enters the body. So I'm sure there are a lot of different opinions about this. I feel my baby's soul really strongly, but I still feel like the soul is in the soul realm. And then they say that at the 100th day, the soul enters the body. So that's what I believe. And I'm going to do a little ceremony and make that really special. Caro says, can I follow the celestial diet when I'm pregnant? Yes, you absolutely can. You're just going to want to supplement it with supplements, healthy fats, extra protein, but absolutely you can follow the celestial diet, which is just a healthy plant-based diet. Everybody's asking about pregnancy and Lyme, and this will definitely be something that probably needs its own podcast episode. But I tell myself every single day in my body and mind that I am Lyme free. So I don't consider myself as someone who has Lyme disease currently. I consider myself healed and in remission. And I know that my baby's going to be Lyme free. And I'm also going to do everything I can to make sure that the baby is Lyme free. And I do think maybe being pregnant having had Lyme could be, it's pretty, it could be hard because it's a little triggering to be so tired again because of pregnancy. Cause it reminds me of being really tired from Lyme and all that kind of stuff. So I've, I've been working through a lot of that in my mind and just reprogramming the beliefs of like, Oh my God, what if I get sick? What if I can't take care of the baby because I'm sick? I just don't really let my mind go there. And I just am working now, and this is the time to do it before the baby comes on reprogramming all of those beliefs, which are super limiting. I don't want to think that way. I don't want anyone who's had Lyme to think that way. It's just not something that we deserve. We don't deserve to be in our heads like that. And I do believe that getting pregnant is the sign of a healthy body and a baby comes through when they're ready to come through. So I'm so happy that I spent the last many years healing from Lyme so that this could be, this could be where I am now. Oh, people are asking about the name. We have had names forever, but we are going to keep that to ourselves until the baby comes. Okay. I'm going to answer two more questions. One, Alyssa Dahlman says baby names, general vibe that you guys like for names. So I can definitely answer about the vibe. We like names that are out of the box. So names that you don't hear every day, not necessarily traditional names. Those are all the names that we love. Do I feel like I've met my soul baby before? Yes, I do. I I mean, you know, you guys know I'm such a believer that souls travel in families and that souls meet again. The book Journey of Souls has been completely life-changing on that note. And I'm 
totally positive that my baby and I have known each other in other lifetimes. And this baby feels like a really old soul and a really wise soul, a mentor of sorts. And so exciting. Also, everybody's asking about Hudson. Is Hudson excited to be a big brother? Of course, he has known. One of the reasons why I started thinking that I was pregnant and knowing that I was pregnant is because Hudson started sleeping on my uterus, started laying on my stomach, like literally sniffing around my uterus. And he's protecting the baby already. I truly believe that animals, especially cats, have such a heightened intuition and they feel and know everything. They know so much. And they connect and communicate with angels on the other side. So I see him doing it all the time. It's so cool. I love to just follow his eyes and his train of thought. It makes me so happy. So you guys, this was so special. Thank you for all your questions. It's so fun to answer them. I will definitely do a part two very soon. And maybe I'll get my doula to come on the podcast with me. Definitely do a lot more birth-centered episodes, especially because you guys have been requesting them. Natural birth, just all the things, all the things, even though I'm probably not doing a 100% natural birth, but it's still such an interesting topic to me. Spirit babies, manifesting fertility, all that good stuff. So that's some good content to look forward to in the coming months. If you feel inspired to rate and review the podcast on iTunes, I would be so honored if you would be able to do that. It helps the show so much and it just makes me so happy. And then you can send me a screenshot to jordanatthebalancebond.com so that I can thank you and send you my free yoga ebook as a gift. And thank you also to our sponsor, Cure Nutrition, Cure Nutrition CBD. Absolutely love my favorite CBD ever code blonde for a discount b-l-o-n-d-e tag me on instagram when you try and with that thank you guys so much thank you also just for the outpouring of love and support over the last couple weeks we are definitely just taking it one day at a time i'm thinking about doing a big digital detox coming up here and also just kind of thinking about like what that's going to look like for me as you know now from this episode that the baby is sharing with me Take time off the phone, take time off the phone, have a different approach to that whole thing. So I'm really trying to do that and just looking to have a slightly different schedule in the coming months. So excited for all of it. Happy cancer season. Happy end of June. I love you guys so much. I hope everyone has the most beautiful, beautiful soul on fire day and keep sending me all your pregnancy and conception stories. I love hearing about it. Love reading about it. Instagram is a good place to do that. Also, maybe on email. And with that, have an amazing day. I love you guys. And we'll talk soon.